Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by two sponsors, Catanzari Financial Services and Anderson, Augustino, and Keller. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson, and this is a... This is a playoff podcast, guys. It really is. Notre Dame, for the first time in five years, is in the playoffs. Clemson is in it for the fourth straight <laughs> year. So they're pretty good at this. They, they know the routine. I thought it was interesting, Brian Kelly, going on and on a little bit about uh, his, his playoff background. I'm not sure how well that translates playing Clemson and then potentially... Alabama, but I get where he's coming from. Oh, a comfort. Wait, I have a jar of straws. <laughs> Would you like to grab some? <laughs> it was something else. Yeah. But he, yeah, I mean, he di- he dipped way back. He, he into was his... in a good mood yesterday. Yeah, he was. He was. He was feeling his oats. There's no doubt about it. And he should have been. Um, he just shot over the UCF bow too. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah. I'm gonna get a statue made of myself. Yeah. Him taking a knee with the deuces probably. I and guess then, then uh, you know, then the shots of Gino Ariema and, <laughs> and Muffin McGraw going into that game. We're we're talking we're talking behind the scenes stuff here now that people don't want to hear about. But anyway, Nordim's in the playoffs, and uh, and they're uh, they're number three. And, you know, I found it I find it interesting that now can we put all the angst about Nordim making the playoffs behind us, which we no. should which we should have which we should have before because they were ranked number three five straight times. Five yeah. straight times. There was really, there really wasn't much doubt. There was doubt outside of the committee. But I, I, you know, and I feel like I'm comfortable in the decisions that the committee has made for five straight years. Yeah, they, they're consistent. I mean, somebody told me that Oklahoma's going to get, quote unquote, screwed because of the uh, favoritism they always show Ohio State. Ohio State didn't get in last year as Big Ten champions. Right. And they, <laughs> and they fin- and now they favorite. finished behind Georgia. And you know why they didn't get in? Because they got lit up. By Iowa, and this year they got lit up by Purdue. Yeah, I, Rob Mullins is the chairman of the committee. I'll just read his quote into the record so people can calm down if you haven't seen the quote. But there were, this is the quote. There was little debate about Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame. There was a lot of debate about Oklahoma, Georgia, and Ohio State. The debate was deep, detailed, and occasionally contentious. There was division. When you look at the protocol, and obviously we put Notre Dame on the board, 12-0, impressive resume, wins against a ranked Michigan, Northwestern, and Syracuse, the committee felt they deserved to be the number three slot, and then we went about finding who that fourth team was going to be. So there was no, there was no question. There was probably a two-minute conversation. about there's, There was no question about Alabama-Clemson and maybe a two-minute conversation about Notre Dame, and, although they've been talking about it leading up to that, so it wasn't. Yeah, for, for whatever conversation there was on ESPN or Fox or whatever talking head you're, you choose to listen to, um, the people who actually make this decision – did not have that question, um, that Notre Dame was a clear number three. And I, I think this is something we've talked about in previous podcasts where I felt Notre Dame was a clear number three. I also felt they were there was a pretty big gap between number two and number three, but I also felt there was a gap between number three and number four. And ultimately, yeah. that's, that's how it played out, regardless of the fact that Notre Dame did not play last weekend, which is totally irrelevant to their body of work. There's one valid argument for the teams outside 
Alabama, Clemson, and then Notre Dame, and it belongs to Oklahoma. They lost by a field goal to a really good team. LSU destroyed Georgia. Purdue embarrassed Ohio State. That doesn't compare to what Oklahoma did. I don't care if Oklahoma would lose to them in a neutral field if you look at it with your eyes. Oklahoma played a schedule commensurate with Ohio State and Georgia's, and they played well. Yeah, I, you can yeah. score sixty points and beat. You don't have to shut teams down to beat them. Yeah, you know, well, they I don't. mean, they, right? But that, <laughs> is it really the three point loss to Texas? It doesn't compare to two losses. And we and we tend to we take criteria and we we emphasize some parts and and not others. If Georgia would have beaten LSU and had its first loss to Alabama, they'd have been in over Oklahoma. And if correct, the real question is if Georgia would have lost on a last second field goal to LSU and lost exactly like that to Alabama. Two losses. Do they get in over Oklahoma? I say recency bias would have put them in. Probably so. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. And, and you know, saying uh, angst, I've had the angst myself, too. Number one, beginning with the whole Michigan talk. But, again, that was on the outside. Yeah, and that was two, never And I don't. I, I think I think Herb Street just was finally reached a breaking point. He just point. lost his mind. I think he reached a breaking point in it with his work schedule. Okay. And he was probably just <laughs> over time. I don't know. What, what in the world are you talking honest, about? I have to be honest. I did not watch any of the I was with you Tim Priester at uh and Pete at the Goog but I didn't watch any of that like I wasn't paying attention no to it was TV. from the day before it okay was from yeah the night before. I, I think I just watched the games and then I yeah no it was from the night before that, when he as most people know he said a two two lost Georgia team should be third and Notre Dame should be fourth I mean what what are you what are you talking about that was the ultimate now, recency now bias. okay so now it's oh it's God. again it's how you evaluate criteria because I mean, what he's saying is, or or let me let me just put it in these words: What's a better ma- better matchup, Georgia Clemson or Clemson Notre Dame? Yeah, but they shouldn't have gotten killed by LSU. If they I understand. I t- I completely yeah. understand that. But it, but if you if you weigh criteria of four best teams, and I agree, four best teams, but it's what but you, you have yeah. to the the wins and losses. It's like a, I tweet out early Sunday morning. It's like if you're going to do this, then stop keeping score of the game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think Reese Davis on the show, who I think does a pretty good job of like he was making, like getting the circus mm-hmm. to satisfy ESPN, but also be like, "Hey guys, I know this is kind of ridiculous." It's like I think his quote was basically, "At some point, you have to acknowledge what is opposed to what might be, uh, and what might be is maybe Georgia is one of the four most great. talented teams, what but." They lost LSU and Alabama, so what do you want us to do? Right. There's a there's a stipulation on four best teams, and it starts with not having two losses. Right. It starts <laughs> with one of them. outcome of games. Yeah. So I, it's like Notre Dame deserved to be in. Um, I think there's a lot of blowback that they actually are, but I don't I don't quite get the the blowback uh, the, the goes back logical, to 2012, yeah, which is stupid. The logical foundations of I mean, 2000. Like that's the way six years ago. Ohio State yeah. was treated after they got blown out by Florida and yeah. somebody else, like the the end of the Trestle era. Like at some point, that was just a long time ago. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't it, see it, what it, it has to. What does it have to do with anything? It's it's. Right. I mean, other than. Other than the head coach is the same. That's it. I mean, before Nebraska to... won two national titles in a row by killing everybody, they couldn't win a bowl game. 
Well, for seven I, straight years, I was at a I was at an <laughs> Orange Bowl at, at, at age twelve and saw Johnny Rogers run all over Notre Dame forty to six. That's what Notre, Notre Dame, Dame should went not be in. And Notre Dame went undefeated and won the national title the next year. They should not have gotten in, Tim. Because yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. But that but 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 that was a year before. Yeah. Six years ago. That, that's I crazy. Don't. I do want to make one more point, and it's just this is the old crotchety sports writer in me. But man, <laughs> we have spent the last six weeks, and some people have heard me use this phrase already. We've spent the last six weeks talking more about what if than what. Yeah. And 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 I just I, I find it maddening that it, beginning in the middle of October, we're starting to consider, well, what if all these teams have this record six weeks from now and well, really seven with with the conference, uh, you know, championships? Can't we just can't we just stay in the in the in the here and now? Welcome to the internet. I know, man. I'm part of it. I'm in it, man. I'm I'm trying. I'm you trying. Are on the World Wide Web, but I mean, I think that it, that's something that's sort of lost. And and I kind of asked Mustafer and um, Ian Book about Ian Book, this yeah. on Sunday. Just like Notre Dame really should take a moment to appreciate making it. Um, as much as I want to focus on, okay, we want to win two more because they're just the tenth team to make it. Yeah. The other three teams in the field have accounted for 12 of the 20 bids. Uh, and, like, Notre Dame's probably not going to make it next year. And they probably won't make it the year after that. It's just it's hard to make it. Um, the teams that have made it once, Notre Dame, Washington, Michigan State, Oregon, Florida State, and Georgia. Yeah. And the rest go to the three that are in in Ohio State. So yeah, Oklahoma now makes it almost and how many of those three actually five. got to the championship game? Georgia... And Oregon. And Oregon. Yeah. yeah. So it's really difficult to make the college football playoff, which is why it's cool to make it. Um, I'm sure it, they appreciate I'm sure they took a moment. Yeah. But it's, I I think also this is like, hey, listeners, also take a moment to appreciate Notre Dame just making it. Right. And maybe maybe take a pause on stressing about Clemson or oh, that, I, the field or what's going to happen next year, all that stuff. It's just like this – Sunday was a moment for, I think, Notre Dame to, to celebrate 12 games of work. That doesn't mean they have to ignore the next two, but it's just it's really difficult to make the college football playoff, and I, I think Notre Dame should appreciate it. There were two times, I feel, in 10 years that I didn't do my job well. That was the fourth quarter of 2012 against USC when I was watching Notre Dame go into their little make sure we don't lose the football and hand this game over. And I just was sitting there like, just end, end this game. Get this game over. I'm not keeping track of anything anymore. I want to cover the national championship. And then the fourth quarter, or in the second half against USC this year, was just like, ah, oh, God, this sucks. You were, no, I you was were, really worried. You were awfully quiet. I, I, I was very quiet. I, I was just sitting there staring at the field like, are you kidding? Is this really going to happen right now? I'm gonna, I was picturing the Camping World Bowl or something like that again, and there was no... I have bad Sun Bowl memories, guys. Well, and, wanna... and right behind me was it was uh, uh, Jack Seiler, the very the, nervous the, the, the Notre Dame <laughs> grad and the longtime uh, mayor of Fort Lauderdale and a member of the Orange Bowl committee. He was and, more nervous than I was. And <laughs> him and him and I have gotten to know each other pretty well over the years. We're we're stressing a little bit together there during uh, during most of that game. I mean, last year when they got eliminated by Miami, it was more like. Yeah, whatever. You guys stink right now. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> you don't deserve any of this if you're going to show up like that. The USC yeah. thing just seemed like there's no way this – so really, my point is with T, appreciate the but, fact and that's that a, you have a month of this fun. Right, and that's exactly why Notre Dame deserves to be in this yeah. position because of the way they responded against USC because it easily could have gone could, – it could have continued to go south, but step-by-step, step, I thought both coordinators – we've already talked about this, but, I mean, did a great job of adjusting and, and the players – 
stayed the course, no panic. And that's why they're in this situation now. I did want one cleanup thing from last week. I want to admit that I was wrong. Brian Polian is not gone from the staff. He did not get the Bowling Green job. and went to Scott Leffler, who has background as a head coach, right? He had also had, Does a, he not? as they said, uh, he's had one good year with D.C.'s offense. Yeah. So, um, the weird one, really. It is. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's a strange, so, um, a strange hire. I wouldn't anticipate any. Changes, Pete, unless you are caught wind of anything? No, I I haven't. Um, I mean, I I think there's a lot more dominoes to move around in the college football search, and, you know, maybe there will be some in the NFL as well. But there's a pretty good chance that Notre Dame staff will return in tech next year. I guess that's probably the big takeaway from that. All right, we've got – I've started to gather information on Clemson, put out a maybe a somewhat ominous story this morning about what Notre Dame's up against because now there's a reality of it. Eighteen. 18. 18 Clemson players, all ACC, first, yeah, second, and third uh, team. Yeah, so they're, I mean, they're a good team. Um, but Notre Dame's a good team, and, and I would agree with Brian Kelly that this is a this is a better, more balanced, well-rounded team than 2012. Not necessarily, you know, I mean, you can look at that defensive line and say, okay, there were NFL-level players there, but just, I mean, certainly offensively, Notre Dame's in much better position to compete with a, with a team like Clemson. Plus, ND probably has 18 on the all-independent team, too, so it's fine <laughs> if you look at it that way. <laughs> Not Maybe quite that. a stiff a competition <laughs> no, on that. All BYU at six and six. I'll I don't think it's going to be. Right? Yeah, he yeah. very well could have. Okay, we'll be back with segment two. Uh, questions from our readers burning up the boards. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire. Irish Illustrated listeners get ten dollars off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code Irish. That's uppercase I R I S H. For $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Welcome, SeatGeek. We appreciate them as our national sponsor here moving forward. And our first question comes from at Kelsan22. Will any freshman on offense be inserted into some sort of special package? Or is Brian Kelly just blowing smoke? I mean, probably more smoke more than smoke special than... package. <laughs> um, you know, is there like a 5% chance that Braden Lindsay gets a couple routes or Lawrence Keyes is in for a play? I guess. Um, but... It would it would surprise me if that happened. It, really, be more, it really would. I'd just be more likely that Kevin Austin's back and he's a backup receiver and plays. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Lindsay thing is what I, people have asked about all year. He was just so far away from uh, being physically able to compete in August with Troy Pride and Julian Love. I assume that would be the same thing with Clemson. But if he has added the necessary kind of savviness to maybe get himself free where he can use his speed... He's the one guy I could see putting in because he's he has a different yeah. level of speed. Like Lauren is Keys is not right now quicker or faster than Chris Fink. It's just not right now. He will yeah, be someday, but it's, it's not like that's gonna be like, oh man, Keys is in. Now Clemson has to adjust to him. Lindsay right. at least has a gear that nobody else has. I think it's all part of yeah. Brian Kelly feeling really good yesterday <laughs> and just and saying words at, at at a certain point, as we like to say. <laughs> you know, I mean I you're you're right. I mean I uh, Lindsay is probably the fastest. Uh, I'd heard talk about DB. Braden Lindsay, Braden Lindsay personally informed me that he has not had any conversations uh, about DB, and he's <laughs> oh, a wide be, receiver. Be a and I wish, yeah, I yeah. wished him, wished him all the best, and told him to hang in there. And Notre Dame's worth hanging in there. So he's uh, he's optimistic about the future. But yeah, I mean, you're in a position to do that. But I, I you know, I, I think we've heard talk like this before, yeah. and it's just. 
I mean, you know, maybe those guys have continued to progress, and I think Brian Kelly was just feeling good about himself I, yesterday. I want Brayden Lindsay's first kick return to open the season next year at Louisville, not open the game against Clemson. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there with the uh, Myron Tagovailoa Mosa return, like five, ten snaps, maybe. I mean, I, I would go back to the Fiesta Bowl three years ago. Durham Smythe and Jerron Jones were returning from injury, and we spent probably – Way too much time talking about what impact they would have because when the game rolled around, it was almost nothing. And they were prominent. I mean, yeah. they were fairly prominent players. Whereas MTA is, he's your. I mean, fourth yeah. interior. I mean, it would, be, it would be great. It would be, be great. really yeah. great if he was full tilt and ready to when go. When Kelly's not overly positive a month prior to a game, I just assume he's not going to have much of an impact. So, yeah, you know, he's walking. He's and moving and around. And we can't. Not... I mean, I can't emphasize this enough. We can't answer the question now because there's all of these practices. Where he is going to show whether he's ready to play or not, yeah. and 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 they haven't they haven't taken place yet. They're in exams. It, it, it won't start really until Saturday, and even then, you're not probably going to. They're not going to know probably for another week or two whether he can actually be in the mix. And for people wondering, practice number one actually is Saturday. They, so this past week, they had three. Um, Strength and conditioning. Yeah, type. which the coaches cannot be in attendance. Right. So that was the unofficial yeah, stuff. So they seven have them all in front of them. They're not uh, recruiting anyway. Yeah. Uh, seven, yeah, seven on seven uh, without coaches in attendance, which is stuff that they do uh, during the summer right. uh, to a large degree. Sean G15, is there any information other than it being a coach's decision on why Kevin Austin has been held out? I mean, I've asked around about this. Uh, I think the best way to describe it is like when you hear the word traits, it's kind of like a huge red flag the way Brian Kelly has said it in the past, but I think we can draw a line between capital T <laughs> traits and lowercase t traits like Kevin Stefferson, Dexter Williams, Chase Claypool, capital T traits, Kevin Austin, lowercase t traits. Kevin Stefferson might have like a couple exclamation yeah. points at the end and <clears throat> two big T's or something I mean, along the way. <laughs> I, I put this to somebody in the goo, like, this is like, you know, a Florida thing. Cause, and he's like, no, absolutely not. He, there was a hard line drawn between you're, Kevin Austin and, and all those other people. You're referencing Citrus Bowl thing. Is that what you mean when you say Florida thing? No, I mean guys from Florida getting into trouble. Oh, oh, oh. Um, Also applies to the Citrus Bowl. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, those, I, that's true as well. But they, the coaching staff really likes Kevin Austin still. Um, he's a good, like, mature kid, which is sort of how I took it. Dealing with him and recruiting and seeing him in the opening, I was just like, this doesn't really add up, and it doesn't. It's like sometimes you got to send a message to a freshman to keep him on a good track, but like this is just like I changed one lane opposed to I veered off the highway entirely. Little things, highway little Jefferson, little honest, little things matter, and and yeah, you know, didn't I mean, some, someone I, said to you he was young. Basically, he did. Yeah, it was just he's young, and and that was it. Now that's yeah, that now that's not a real damning statement about a kid, and and I think that's what we're dealing with here. CMU Penns fan, what does Jeff Quinn and Brian Kelly have to do in order to get the offensive line ready for a dominant Clemson defensive line? They have to play their best game this year, um, as currently constructed. So that's post pit, right? Because their best game would include Alex Bars. He would be the guy that like Stanford was their best game. Um, I think overall, Michigan. Considering the opponent was a great effort, but it wasn't. I mean, Michigan got a handle on things there in the second half. But you, you would take Notre Dame offensive line effort against Clemson, where they just played so well for the first half, like they did against Michigan. Um, I think the whole game, Stanford, they they wore them down. They did what Stanford usually does. So if you could have a better effort than Stanford, you have your best effort with Aaron Banks. It's what they need because I mean, Clemson's front's better than Notre Dame's front. 
Yeah, this that's is, what it is. That's the end of the story. Clemson's defensive front's better than Notre Dame's offensive they line. They are not going to run the ball in Clemson. No, but so, they can still have a good day. Yeah, yeah. they're going to have to pass pro the best that they've passed pro all year, and they've had some good performances like that. I think, like, you're, if you're expecting Notre Dame's run game to suddenly, like, snap into gear against Clemson, that's a mistake. But Notre Dame has been very good at pass pro, and they can get if they get a little bit better, I think they should be okay. There's this notion that uh, Brian Kelly brought up that Liam Meikenberg was playing through an ankle sprain, which I guess I he missed. said that he said it a while back. Okay, I, yeah. I no, missed he did. that. Yeah. So maybe he's a little bit healthier. Um, but look, Clemson leads the nation in yards per carry allowed at two point four. I think this is a game where Ian Book's going to have to throw it 45 times, similar to where the USC game was trending until the fourth quarter, um, and that that I think is okay. That's not a that's that's not a criticism of what Notre Dame's going to do offensively. I think it's just a reality. I agree with you, but I also think you can when you run it 25 to 30 times, you can suffer suffer 19 stuffs. And hope Dexter Williams breaks one for forty and one for fifty, right? Because then you have a running game, that's which is exa- which is what happened against USC, yeah. and that's why I say the 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 running game. If Notre Dame, I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say they're not going to run Pete consistently, but, but, but I would say run, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be they're not going to start the game and just you know run between the tackles and have success. I think they have success in a running game via Chip Long's creativity, which we saw as the second half against USC developed, and then you get that fifty-two yard run. And that's how you create. Chip Long has to create a running game through deception, uh, misdirection, and yep. those kind of things. Just lining up and, and running between the tackles. I mean, these guys are I, the 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 matchup that really. Well, there are several matchups that are concerning there, but Dexter Lawrence is six four three forty, and he's he's got Sam Mustafer is about to face the sternest test of his entire football career. Yes, on December 29th, and that's a tough ask because Lawrence. Lawrence absolutely changes the point of attack on on uh, at the line of scrimmage. Christian Wilkins, uh, you know, Notre Dame's guards. I, I'm concerned about Christian Wilkins against Tommy Kramer. I think that's a really that's a really tough matchup for him. And then, you know, Clellan Farrell and Austin Bryant coming off the edge. Notre Dame recruited Austin Bryant, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a guy that Notre Dame wanted, and those guys and are, Christian Wilkins. Yeah, and, yeah, and Christian. You Wilkins should probably are, recruit Christian Wilkins. Is the point of that one, yeah. right? When you see him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, there. so those guys, you guys are, are all so, still there. By the way, it's a tough ask, but I mean, I, Chip Long's a very creative uh, uh, play caller, and I wouldn't let let sixty man, minutes transpire. Don't judge it based upon the first thirty minutes or twenty five per se, because I think over time, Chip Long can come up with something. But man, it's tough. It's a, this is a real. That's the most problematic matchup in the entire game. Is Clemson's D line against Notre Dame's O line? That's no great revelation. I think everybody pretty much knows that. Man, that's what Brian Kelly said yesterday. I think yes. I think you asked the question about Clemson's defensive line. It's like the problem is you can't block all of them one on one. You're probably going to get beat at two of those matchups kind of consistently. It's just a matter of which ones are beating you. Because I mean, Farrell off the edge against Eichenberg or Hainsey. I mean, it's like you mentioned the Lawrence Mustafer matchup. To me, that's it's that edge thing that. That's really where I think my biggest concern would be if I was Notre Dame's offense is the inability to maybe just get a like. Remember Brian Burns running around the field? Yeah, no, like, no doubt. Something like uh, but that. But you can, I mean, you can compensate a little bit with three step drops and and book is good in the short pass game. You can do things like that. But if but if you have a guy in the middle that is altering the point of attack, yeah, then you can't then you can't run. There's multiple you, problems. With yeah, that. I mean, yeah. That, you know, it's like. But I, I agree. These with, are both problems. I don't I don't know how to weigh one more than the other. I, I think hear where Pete's you're coming right from. with. Uh, 
regular everyday running is going to be a yes impossible. But I do agree, like I, I agree with you, Tim, that you just need two. You just need Dexter Williams to break a couple. You know, you need him to break one for a score. You need him to break one to set up a score. Yeah, and then you had the running game that will allow you to have a chance to be Clemson. You know, you're it, not going to run, 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 run. Clip off a 27-yard run, and and then now you start playing tempo. Now, you know, now you start maybe wearing on them a little bit. And just the mere way that you run your offense opens some things up in the running game. Or so I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's happened before. <laughs> Buffalo Mike, I may be wrong, but when I think of the 2012 championship game, I imagine Brian Kelly having that deer in the headlights look. Do you think that this year is different? Has Brian Kelly changed? Is Clark Lee and Chip Long, have? do they have the mindset that seem to be missing in 2012? I thought it was interesting what Brian Kelly said about the best part about this bracket is that 2012 Alabama isn't in it. Because his reverence for that uh, power of the offensive and defensive line there. It, I feel like everybody watching Alabama this year until the Georgia game just thought, well, this is the best Alabama team because they have Tua, so the offense can score. Maybe but I yeah. think if you're a coach, you probably do look back at that 2012 team and think, my gosh, we just couldn't get anything going. Well, remember at halftime, at, at halftime, yeah. people were upset because he kind of flippantly, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was like, it's all Alabama is what he said. It's, yeah, he was like it. They were. It was basically like, well, I'm throwing my hands up in the air. Yeah. It's all Alabama. Like we're playing terrible. <laughs> was it like, oh my god, 35 or 28? Nothing like that. I don't remember. It was 28. And then Amari Cooper scored to make it 35 right yeah. away. That was a good team. Yeah, that was that They're was a really good team. I, you know, I mean, during the headlights. Yeah, I mean, I, I think any normal human being is going to be a little shell shocked when you're up close and, and observing that happening. That uh, line of scrimmage just kept changing it, in a bad way. Yeah. Is Brian bad. Kelly a better coach six years, six years later? Absolutely. Is he better? Is, is he in better control of his emotions heading into a game? Absolutely. I certainly like Chip Long's ability to uh, kind of navigate what Clemson will bring and even Brent Venables. Then, I, then Chuck Martin is a first year, second, first year offensive coordinator that year. I mean, he moved over from defense to coordinate the offense. Yeah. Well, he has, so. he had, but he had he had back. He, he had, had a coaching offensive. background, but yeah. I mean, you know, he was a great safety <laughs> coach prior. And all of a sudden, <laughs> he's a coach. He should. And I mean, you know, Bob Diaco didn't have an answer for that. I don't know who would have an answer for what was going on in that. They didn't. No one even didn't have the players to, to stop yeah. Alabama. I know. I'd like. They, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we all can agree that Brian Kelly is a better coach today than he was in 2012. I, I, he had one foot out the. He was looking for another job then, too. I mean, he's got to be more focused. I think the coordinators, this is the fair way to say it, the coordinators with the pieces they have now are better than the coordinators with the pieces yeah. they had then. Overall, the program is in a yeah. better, more competitive position now than they were in 2012 against Alabama. Now, I, it's like, is this Alabama better than Alabama? I don't know. I have no but, idea. But I can sure as hell say that this Clemson is not as good as that Alabama. No, I agree with you. And that, ultimately, that's yeah. that's what that, matters. That is what matters today. Right that's, yeah, for a, hopefully, that, hopefully that won't yeah. be the only thing that matters. It can matter more later. At very piratey, why do I feel so eerily confident heading into this game? Is it that Clemson has rarely encountered any game pressure? Is it the motivational chip of quote disrespect? Is it faith in Ian Book's ability to keep the chains moving against an iffy secondary? I don't know why you feel so really confident. No, uh, Clemson. But, it hasn't had a lot of game pressure this year, but these guys all came back from the playoffs last year. Every, this is a veteran the Clemson the team. So, the, the sophomore, junior, and senior classes have all been in a playoff. The seniors, this is their this is their fourth one. It's their third championship game. Yeah, Mitch Hyatt will be starting. Not, not, if they would, gonna, it's yeah. a, Mitch Hyatt could be starting his third championship game. He is starting his fourth playoff. Mitch Hyatt started against Notre Dame, right? At left tackle. He's still starting against Notre Dame at yeah, left tackle. I mean, what's better than prior knowledge of the Division II playoffs and organizational practices? 
knowledge of the college football playoff and how to organize practices for that. That's what Dabo Swinney has. Yeah, and, they're three. They're three and two. This this will be their sixth playoff game. They're three and two. The two losses were to Alabama. One was a, I mean, one was a classic, and one when they absolutely were outclassed last year, and that's why Trevor Lawrence is there and Kelly right. Bryant is not. Right. The same reason that Ian Book's quarterback right. at Notre Dame now. I, I would say overly confident heading this game. Like a lot of these things, the motivation of disrespect. I don't know if you need motivation of disrespect right now because you are a uh, yeah. I, I, in a playoff game. I, I think that's the least important. I, we actually exists, had a we had a couple. I mean, yeah, but we yeah. had a couple guys. Well, I mean, Notre Dame's not. I mean, Julian Love said, I don't pay attention to what anybody says. They don't care about the point spread. I mean, yesterday they're on top of the world. I mean, I, I don't, I just, I think that's the least important part of this. Yeah. They're Notre Dame and they're in the playoffs. They don't think of themselves as the, un, well, I just don't think that that's something that players generally think about. We do, they don't. I do agree, Ian, Bill, Ian Book's ability to move the chains when he's playing well is is unique. For, it's, a, it's a heck of a gift for a Notre Dame quarterback right now. Uh, as far as Clemson's game pressure, no one has faced more game pressure other than Alabama. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, though, this will be his biggest. Yeah, I, but I, you know, I I hope very piratey has a, a great sixth sense here. Um, and, and I get it that has Clemson faced great teams this year? No, they haven't. Um, but Notre Dame's face one, and Clemson's yeah, face zero. I mean, this is a this is a, a program that, that 75% of the guys in the program have been in playoff situations playing against Alabama. The best players, the best team either one of these teams faced will be each other this year. Clemson hasn't faced one this good, and they faced a better one in Alabama last year. Notre Dame hasn't faced one with this much talent since they played Georgia last year. That's just the way it is. But a lot of these guys on both sides... Played in those games. These are veteran. There's, the ju- there's the, many guys. The playing. juniors, seniors, and fifth-year seniors at Clemson beat Alabama in the national championship game two years ago. Yeah, I, overall the the confidence by very priority. I, I feel like Notre Dame should be more confident than eleven and a half point spread. Yes, I guess I would agree. I mean, that. I, I felt I thought when I look at this matchup, I think it's probably more of like a five to six point spread. Kind of game. People would jump all over that one, though. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I understand why it's 11. <laughs> um, but I, I think Notre Dame is much closer to Clemson than the point spread would so, indicate. But I also don't think that if Notre Dame is getting motivation from disrespect, they wouldn't be 12 and 0. Right. They Absolutely. Would have lost do you, along so the do way. you guys think um, so it opened at 11 and a half? I think it stayed there so far. Do you think? There's a long time between the game. Now, you yeah, think it'll but go, people you think it'll go up? It. You think it'll go up or go down? I mean, I think. I bet it settles at ten and a half or ten. You think so? Yeah, there's a lot of Notre Dame betters. Yeah, I bet it will go down just based on there being more Notre Dame people who bet than Clemson people who bet. Yeah, it but I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking about Notre Dame betters and Clemson betters. I'm talking about professional betters who don't give a damn on. about who wins. Or... I think they're already sitting there waiting for it, and they would have jumped on it already. The first day, they usually they kill it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be interesting. It's a long time between now and then, obviously, so a lot can happen with a with a point spread. Um, w- uh, at way to go, K man. What do you expect the run pass ratio to look like versus the Clemson defense? I guess we kind of already touched upon three this. to one pass. I hope not. I hope it would be in the forty five to thirty range. I I. I take I stuffs. Tend to lean. Okay, just get stuffed in. Yeah, I mean, I tend oh, to lean the, towards the, what Pete said. In the three to one, the yeah. one will have a lot of stuffs, but I think yeah. it will be three to one. Yeah. So, like, 300, 
yards to a hundred yards. Oh, I was talking like attempts. Attempts, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm saying I, I think book will throw it forty times. Run pass ratio, okay. Maybe forty five. Yeah. And like the rushing attempts will be more like twenty. So I guess that's two to one. Two to one. More yeah. Like two to yeah. one. I, I'm in yeah. the a strong two to one. How about that? If they can, so I mean, I, I hate to put numbers on these kind of things because there's so many variables involved. But I mean, I, I think Notre Dame needs to get in the thirty rush care, uh, area. Yeah, I do too. If, if it gets away from them, then it's going to really become a yeah. fifty to twenty-five type thing or fifty to twenty. But you got to go in the game with some. You have to be able to balance up with the running. I mean, we've proven that watching Notre Dame football for thirty years, or just Brian Kelly's tenure. Yeah, it's. I think Notre Dame has to take some losses in the run game and live with it to not get teed off on. Early, that's what you do early. Yeah. I mean, that's what you know. You have to. You have to give it a shot. At and again, Cam- oh, sorry. No, again, I mean, again, the creativity of Chip Long is where you have to give that. 60 minutes to percolate. Well, okay, how about this? Notre Dame rushing attempts for the year. They've hit 30. They've finished on 30 against Florida State and Pittsburgh. Stan- Didn't have the ball much against Pitt was the reason for that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I take that back. I was looking at the opponent okay. stats. 32 against Virginia Tech. 38 against Pittsburgh. 36 against Syracuse. I think USC was probably in the 30s as well. I don't have that box score in front of me. But, I mean, I think to say for them to just to get to 30, I think think think, would be kind of a win in terms of like. Yeah, no, that's why I say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 is my number to. But, I mean, it's like Book's attempts. I I mean, it's interesting that Book is. I mean, unless he threw it, really should have box scores on me. But (laughs) I don't think. Did he throw 40 times against USC? I don't think that he did. He threw thirty nine times. Okay. Against USC. I th- I guess my my prediction they, they one day times one day USC. after the bowl announcement, I would think that Ian Book will probably throw it at least forty five times against Clemson. They ran it, a and real, I'm okay with that. They ran it a real twenty eight times against USC. There was the kneel downs and all the that. Last two, but um, yeah. yeah, but he threw thirty nine. I would like to see Darnim get seventy five plays against Clemson. That would be nice too. That means just sure. fewer uh, three and outs, fewer yes, give up drives. Yeah. Yep. Uh, at Cameron underscore Spivey and Cameron, I'm using half of your question here. Where would Notre Dame's defense rank among Clemson's opponents? It would seem Notre Dame would be the best defense Clemson has played. Yes, it would seem that way because it is. That's the fact. The, the, I mean, other than Texas A&M, which was a really good run defense and a horrible pass defense, Notre Dame is good at both. I'm not, I'm yeah, not even best, sure who would and, even. And NC, NC State's pretty good against the run. And, 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 I mean, the point was made that Notre Dame is just a better defense. No, yeah, I mean, over, yeah, overall, yeah, I think, yeah, I, yeah the Notre Dame is the best defense they face. Now, Texas A&M gives up one point or three point two yards per carry, but they're awful defensively or against the pass. Uh, Clemson had 32 carries for 115 yards against them. NC State is 13th in the country against the run. Clemson had 30, 32 carries for 91 yards against them, but then. You know, they threw for 380 right. against them. You don't, so. want get, you don't want to get 380 put on you through the year in this game. That's, yeah, that's Notre, Dame has the, Notre, Dame has yeah. The, Notre Dame has the best balance. Now, will Notre Dame hold them under 100 yards rushing? I really doubt that. I really doubt that. 
And I shortchanged uh, Clemson one good win. That at Texas A&M is a hard win. I said Syracuse was the one. But at Texas A&M is a harder win than at home against Syracuse for Clemson. That was yes. a very hard game. I mean, also the, I had that the dynamics of those games of, were, are, are sort of irrelevant to now. Right. I, just, I did shortchange them as having a quality. That's, yeah. a, that's a quality win. Kelly Bryant yes. started yeah. it at Texas right. A&M right. for Clemson. And then the Syracuse game was also sort of irrelevant because Trevor Lawrence got hurt. And they had to go to their third string guy. The, same so way the whole looking. thing. The same thing in Notre Dame's two bad games don't matter. Yeah. I just yeah, wouldn't read. If I was... If I was analyzing Notre Dame and I was a Clemson fan, I really wouldn't spend any time on Vanderbilt or Ball State. Right. You know, we do need box scores, though, yeah. I promise. It seems like that's just something that would make it easy as professionals <laughs> that would to, be, to reference. That would, that would someone, be provided for us yeah, on a weekly that's, basis? That's yeah. For that one, yeah so. have, you noticed, have you noticed Notre Dame men's basketball now includes box scores from each game? You're, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> At B-Man 2017... The unit that needs to dominate if Notre Dame is going to pull off an upset. Defensive line, offensive line, defensive backs, or wide receivers, one of those cannot dominate. Well, I don't think either defensive line or offensive line can dominate. What well, defensive line could. Offensive line cannot right. dominate. Right, defensive line could have a dominant fourth quarter. I mean, like, yeah. you know, that's how these things now, go. No one remembers if you just played fine and you're great in the fourth quarter. I, you know, my whining over the second half of the season about Notre Dame's interior run defense, I think is going to, it's going to, it's going to show in this game. It's I going agree, to show but you, in this you, game. you agree that the defensive line can turn it up and have a great day. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's, the the yeah. Notre Dame offensive line cannot dominate no. Clemson's defensive line. Can Notre Dame's DBs dominate Clemson's wide receivers? I don't know about dominate. I think they can have a solid game against them. I think the area, if there's any area where Notre Dame can, I hesitate to even use the word dominate against Clemson, but I think Notre Dame's wide receivers you know, especially since, I mean, they, they, they're going to put their DBs in a lot of man coverage because they can trust their four-man rush. They can implicitly trust their four-man rush to, to get pressure on the quarterback. So there's going to be some one-on-one situations. Notre Dame has a good receiving core with a quality quarterback. If there's anywhere Notre Dame can really make inroads, it would be there. I think Notre Dame has to win three of those four matchups. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Just win them. I mean, you're not going to dominate them. Win, one, win three uh, of those four matchups. When you put it that way, yeah, in and yeah, maybe often. just not get dominated in any matchups in Notre Dame's in the good game with Clemson, right? Yeah, because I think if you look at us for where where could Notre Dame be dominated, their offensive line versus Clemson's defensive yes. line. If Notre Dame gets dominated in that matchup, I'm not sure how they're going to score enough to win the yeah, game. You just got to lose the matchup. Yeah. No, I mean, you can win other matchups and lose that one. A close loss is fine like, there. Yeah, Georgia against Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> like that. You know, and... and they, I mean, com- they complain for a couple I think months, we, yeah. we all agree that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a, a really special quarterback before he moves on to the next level and probably will be pretty special there as well. Um, he has 24 touchdown passes, four interceptions, tremendous Two ratio. Two of those picks were before he started games, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah, coming off the of bench. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, like Furman interceptions. But he is a fre- he is a freshman, and it doesn't matter who you are, at quarterback. If you're pressured, you can make mistakes. I'd rather face if you're a Notre Dame <laughs> fan, freshman Trevor Lawrence than Deshaun Watson. No doubt about that. Um, yeah, I'd rather face Kelly Bryant though. <laughs> yeah, that's but they didn't make that deal. Unfortunately, no. there was no. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is 19th in the country in pass efficiency. Um, a s- one spot below Shea Patterson and above Jake Bentley, who I think threw for like 480 on Clemson or something. I mean, that was a weird the thing. South yeah. South Carolina quarterback, 500, 500. Yeah. Um, so well, they had 500 as a team. I don't know if yeah. somebody else. He's really good. Um, and Notre Dame gets to face him again in 2020. 
Nah. <laughs> he can take off. No, he can't take off. Yeah, nope. Danny. That's his junior year. Oh, jeez. Wow. All right, that, that's, that's better win this game, then. Yeah. I think, of the 2020 that, game. Of course, that's a Notre Dame Stadium, right? It is. Yeah. Oh, well, then. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, go ahead. These are there's two questions from uh, at Ben Bocklage. At Ben Bocklage. If a peaking Irish effort, maybe a level we haven't seen yet, squares off against a good Clemson effort, is it enough? Uh, yeah, but I... But I think you're going. I just don't think that you're only going to get good from Clemson uh, because of their background and uh, their playoff background. I think Notre Dame certainly has to play their best game by far to win the game. Is the best way to say it for me. What if they? Play, oh, okay. What if they play the Syracuse game? I didn't realize that the players are different. But what if they play with the Syracuse level? Because Syracuse also you have to include uh, some red zone uh, failures to put the game away early. That would hurt against Clemson, right? That's about their best game. Yeah, Syracuse, I, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I, you know, I Stanford was Stanford. Was good. Yeah, Stanford was really Nord, good. Too. Nord Dame, I mean, Notre Dame can play in this game. I, I think. Don't you think they have to have a Syracuse Stanford effort though? To win yeah, the game? no, there's, yeah. there's, there's no doubt about it. I think Clemson. I, I, I mean, Clemson has too much experience in these situations not to, I, I, not to play well unless their freshman quarterback for some reason acts like a freshman and he hasn't done that up to this point. But I do. My biggest concern is is. Uh, Etienne, their running back. I, I, I just he's the one, if he has a big game and he's close to fifteen hundred yards rushing. If he has a big game, Notre Dame's going to lose. I, I didn't make this. Uh, I started doing this in the USC press box pregame because we were there seventeen hours early. But uh, I did the all opponent team for Notre Dame. Yeah, you looked at a couple of people yeah. looked at it. It's going in Monday musings. It's just how they played against Notre Dame. It's got nothing mm-hmm. to do with how good they are. Right. There's a lot of guys at Clemson that are going to make this list. <laughs> like, look, what I'm saying is Travis Etienne or Malcolm Perry. Like, Curran Higdon didn't do anything against Notre Dame. That's my well, point. You know, yeah, that there's Kyle Shermer. Well, Perry had 133 yards. Is that what he had? Kyle Shermer had a really good day. <laughs> but Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> the defensive line. I mean, Burns is a heck of a player, right? That's Chase Winovich will still make it. Chase Winovich will make yeah. it no matter well, what. But, he had uh, that game. Winovich and Burns could play on this team. Yes, they would. And then you mentioned <laughs> the inside guys. You guys remember the inside guys? Like Fred Wyatt from Northwestern. <laughs> Who? Yeah. He made a play. I think uh, he had a tackle for a loss. Ray Wilburn, linebacker from Ball State. Also a great day. He had a really good day. Yeah, he really did. But now there's. this is what's going to happen. You're playing against a lot of really good guys. I'm not saying Notre Dame has most of the best players Clemson's going to play against. Yeah. They didn't play Miami this year where there's a lot of talent. You know, they, this is most of the guys. Notre Dame has the best team by far and most of the good players that my, that Clemson has played against too. But they, Notre Dame, there's a reason it was kind of iffy there against USC's skill position players because Damon Hazleton and Kalijah Lipscomb were the best receivers they faced before they ran into Tyler Vaughn's. You know, there's yeah. it's just the way it trended this year. They didn't face amazing skill position players. Now Pinckney from Vanderbilt's the best, better than, better than the tight end on Clemson. He's awesome. But there's a lot of good players coming, and Notre Dame is going to be stressed in ways they weren't stressed earlier this season. And and Clemson and Clemson will be stressed yeah. in ways that they haven't been. That's the one thing about this matchup that if you're not playing Alabama, who has seen Georgia's athletes already and right. sees everybody. This is right. this is the best team that Clemson has faced too. I, look, there's no doubt that Amon Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be very very good. Oh, going back to this argument. Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> 
I, I will say, after, but having rewatched the game, I, yeah, Tyler Vaughn's was the most impactful receiver oh, for them on that night. Yes, he made the O'Malley All Opponent Team, and I'm on here. I'd say Brown did not. All right, but I just want to say we that, were going with uh, over the next three years. We, you didn't like the indignance shown by people. Yeah. Well, there was there was a, there was a pretty high degree yeah. of indignance there. Uh, now. But to, to get back to this question. <laughs> Yes, I think that a a game from Notre Dame versus Clemson not beating itself would be enough for Notre Dame to win the game. Um, you know, in terms of like Clemson's experience in the playoffs, it's I think worth remembering that against Alabama last year they lost twenty four six and had one hundred eighty eight total yards. So they didn't play that well, and it, I think it goes beyond Kelly Bryant, but obviously a lot of Kelly Bryant was involved in that too. Trevor Lawrence, who knows how he'll handle. All everything that goes right. into it. He hasn't played in anything close to this environment right. before, so it's it's a little bit different. Who knows how Ian Book will handle it, too. Well, interesting you should yes. say that, because Brian what Brian Kelly said yesterday that, you know, it was the first, I brought, I brought this up in, in uh, writing about Clemson this morning. I, you know, Brian Kelly's talking about Ian Book, you know, he'd never been in the Coliseum before. Well, this is going to be, and I, I mean, I get where he's I coming from, coming of from course, too. but, I get coming from too, but, but you know, he's got to go from the Coliseum to, to this setting. I mean, and, and, and the, the venue is, that's an intimidating venue just to walk in there. And I, I get the whole point about USC's helmet being a rifle, but Clemson's helmet has faster players under it. <laughs> yeah. That's, just that's uh, I, I don't know. I just say, I think that, Trevor Lawrence, this probably won't be his best game of the year. Yeah, that's um, that's one thing. That I think he's kind of supremely talented, but this is a huge step up in competition. Yeah, and he's going. Him. He is. He's going against. I, I mean, can't vouch for every secondary. I haven't looked at every secondary they played against, but he's going against. Yeah, he is a going damn to good best. secondary. I mean, you mentioned the A and M game that was Clemson's toughest game, and Trevor Lawrence barely played in that. So. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's something where he would have taken a whole lot that would prepare him for this. And and we talked about. We know so much about Notre Dame's schedule. We talked about trending down. I mean, they didn't face Miami. Miami's by far the best defense they would have faced in the ACC. Miami is a real defense. Now they, they have, have the worst quarterback. Yeah, in the world, I meant. I meant it's... to mention that that they didn't play. Yes, they did not have to play Miami, and that clearly would have been the best defense they would have faced this year in the ACC. There's a uh, second part of this question from at Ben Blockage at Ben Bocklage. What can Clark Lee and the Irish personnel do to match up and scheme and rattle Trevor Lawrence a little bit? What will Notre Dame look to take away from their offense? They seem to do it all well. I, I, I mean, again, I have to go back to Etienne and, and the running game. That, that, that's where it starts. I mean, if you if Trevor Lawrence is in third and long like any quarterback and you put pressure on him, he's he's not going to be as good. But if, he, if, if they can dial up whatever they want to do on second and third down, and that would be be because of the running game. Then it's going to be a long, long afternoon. Yeah, anytime you get cashed by the run and they have a good quarterback, it's over. Right, because that's just the that's the formula to smoke anybody. Yeah, it is. I mean, Notre Dame included. Yeah, Notre I mean, Dame runs the ball well. They're going to beat Clemson. Yeah, so like, that's when my... they played Stanford, they ran the ball well, and then the game was over. Yeah. <laughs> that's my cliche for the day, but I think it's applicable here because yeah. of just of, of how good Etienne can be. I, I don't. How... I agree. I mean, I think I think their run game is more important than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and they if you look at their numbers, I mean, they are they, they are the com- nation in yards per carry, and they are yes, like six point six point seven five. I mean, they're they're, they're balanced. I mean, they're they're, they're truly a they're balanced, balanced offense. Yeah. They are as balanced as you're going to find an offense. They yep. average four point three five yards differential between what they gain and what they allow on the ground. Or over Notre Dame just averages four point five, and wow. they average four point three five in differential between 
offensive yards per carry and yards per carry allowed. Right. So we're going to be saying a lot of good things about Clemson coming up, but we'll try to yeah, point I mean, out every every avenue that Notre Dame might have in this matchup. But when you see it, you know, let me just throw out a stat. I don't think we've used this. I think we were talking about before we started. In the last eight years, Clemson's record is 95-15. and 15. They're They're really good. And it's actually better in the last four years, so if you go by the players that are on the team. Yeah. It's even... Yeah, but there's a culture there of winning all the time. And Nordame has developed a winning culture yeah, here by winning 22 of the last 25. All the questions that ever say is, we should go back to the Brian Kelly question about being better prepared. Nordame's players are better prepared for this moment after going through it all last year, wetting the bed in Miami, and now they're in this. They are not going to, to a man show up like they did against Miami last year. Yeah, they don't have that in them anymore. I think there, you know, there was a lot of weird questions yesterday about, like, hey, are you motivated by X, Y, or Z? Uh, but in terms of, like, the relevant past performances, it would be Miami 1, yes. Alabama 2, Clemson 3, in my opinion. Because I think that what they got out of Miami last year has sort of been, like, informing almost every decision since. Uh, and these players played it. Yeah, and yeah. I, that's I, that, yeah. that's the only one that, to me that really matters because they they were there. He's gonna yeah. say Brian Kelly though. Yeah, Alabama, Alabama two because of Brian Kelly. Okay, Clemson three has almost nothing to do with anything. Yeah, other than the fact there's the random nothing. occurrence they're playing Clemson <laughs> in a in a rain game. Where do you think the score would have been twenty four twenty? I'm not saying Notre Dame was gonna lose. I'm saying in a rain game, do you think Brian Van Gorder was going to hold Deshaun Watson to twenty four if it was dry? Yeah, probably. So that game would have gone differently so there, in terms I mean, of the tenor of it. Right. It, they're literally. I mean, is there, there literally is not an Notre Dame player that had that had an influence on the 2015 game. And Tranquil got hurt one week prior or two weeks prior, right? And uh, Mitch Hyatt started for Clemson against Notre Dame. And do, is there a, is there a Notre Dame senior that was playing as a Nick friend? Wisher would not have played in that at all. <coughs> no, they're all the the, uh, the guys are Jerry, fifth years because I mean, they weren't involved. Jerry Tillery would have been involved. In that Jerry game. Tillery. Jerry yeah. Tillery would have been involved. In no that other game, senior. Yes. Coney could have been was not, teams. yeah, but he wasn't. Coney didn't play at all. really that much yeah. back then. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, Tillery, you're right. Tillery so any Tillery reference is, to 2015 yeah, and Nordame's motivation. Yeah, and, I should bring Jerry Tillery in there and ask him what he remembers about <laughs> I'm sure he'll expound upon that. <laughs> all right, guys, that's that's it. We're gonna, we are totally in a uh, back in our two podcasts per week format. Um, I'm going to ask Tillery that. Yeah. Just to see what he says. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure we're going to have access to Jerry Tillery? Probably probably in... in Media uh, day. I was going to yeah. say Miami. Probably in Dallas, but not... Uh, yeah, we were booked for... Tim and I have been booked for Miami for a while, and we were scrambling to get that change yesterday, not knowing full well that it was probably going to happen. That was... Yeah, I had to call. It's pretty disappointing on the home front, I have to admit. Yeah. <laughs> that was going to Some be long nice. faces in the Samson household. So from... Yeah, you from, lost a trip to Disney, from a, right? From a yeah. family trip to a solo trip. Yeah. Is that what it yep. has become? That's, that's what happened. Did they listen? Can we say what you were thinking? No. Or not? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. All right, Shut Tim, your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to be back on Thursday. We will... Uh, what, what are some of the topics? We're, we're going to try to be a little bit more topical, maybe, as we move season, forward. Season into... review on Thursday. Notre Dame's award shows Friday. <laughs> echoes. So we'll have our own echo goes here at the South Bend Library where we record. Where I think oh, we'll we're recording from my house on Thursday. Oh, or if at Tim Priester's house. Yeah. Um, and just go over, you know, our most improved MVP, all that stuff. So I, I think more of like a look back at the last 12 games and the whole season than uh, maybe looking ahead to Clemson. Who's your Iron Cross award winner? Yes. <laughs> Lang, Lang, Iron Lang Iron Cross. Father Lang, right? Yeah. I, yeah. 
I didn't know. We'll him. get into it on Thursday. I didn't yeah, know no, him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew about him. I knew people that did know him that I spoke we with. We will give out real rewards as opposed to honoring okay. every senior. All right. We're just dragging our feet here. We'll be back on Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com.